0: So good, isn't it, to come together on a Sunday morning to appreciate the blessing of God having completed this past week and this first day of the new one. The Bible has so much to say about that which is new, and certainly as we reflect upon what is soon to become a new year, this lesson today will be a reflection not only on somewhat of the year 2019, but also some anticipation, expectation if you please, concerning the year 2020. This opening slide is almost a listing of things that are obvious. And by that, we each understand so well that the year 2019 has certainly brought some disappointments. There have been losses. There have been occasions in which we've been saddened and disappointed. But by the same token, also, there have been times in this year in which there have been moments of rejoicing, times of victory, moments of celebration and a good amount of joy. There has been, quite frankly, a rather large mixture of all of that. Maybe even in your own physical family, you can think about instances in which this year has brought so much happiness, but probably there's also been times when you've been rather sad. Losses, loved ones who've passed away, just to name some things possible. Well, as you'll notice on that slide, may I also say that not only is that true of our physical family, much of that has also been true of our spiritual family here at the Pippin Church of Christ. We've enjoyed some moments of success, victory, and there have also been occasions in which there have been losses. This lesson... Mm -hmm is going to be my attempt for the next few moments at least to highlight some of the things which we've collectively participated in in the year 2019. And to do that, I hope we can at least appreciate that God has equipped us with some capabilities and to carry out His work, He's afforded us the opportunities that we're going to discuss briefly this morning. As you and I close that slide together, it merely prepares us for this one. Let me invite you to think about some of the things we've done. In the year 2019, we have met, if my count is right, 210 times collectively as the Pippin Church of Christ for periods of worship and or Bible study. 210 times. That means we made a very bold proclamation to all who would pay any attention or care to do so that we stand for what the Bible declares relative to this. We assemble and we meet. As we have done all of that, look at what has been a part of it. During that time again, it would seem to me by at least simple counting we have sung over 800 songs. Over 800 times we collectively joined our voices together, proclaiming the absolute truth of God as it was set to music. As we did that again, we've preached some dramatic lessons that way. We've warned and admonished each other. Didn't Paul say in Colossians 3.16? Teaching and admonishing one another. You and I taught one another during the course of those 800 songs, but look at what was next. In addition to that, six hundred and eighty times roughly we put our thoughts together and prayed unto God now as those who are convinced convicted I should say that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much those prayers entered the halls of heaven they didn't stop at the ceiling that's not as though they were unpowerful in any way they in fact circled around the throne of God Revelation 8 Verses 5 and following. As they did all of that, think about how many things God providentially moved in the direction of answering those prayers. Have you prayed for the sick? I know we did. We often do. Have you prayed for God's blessing upon this nation? We often do. Have you prayed for His specific entrance and His intervention in matters touching your life or mine? We've prayed for our missionary friends. We've prayed for the success of their efforts. Aren't we convicted, I should say, that those things were answered? Look at the next one on that list. At this congregation, we contributed a substantial amount to the kingdom of God. We did that again as our promise that if we will be bountiful in our giving to God and cheerful in so doing, He will pour upon us far more than we have given to Him. Surely, as we anticipate the new year, it will be our desire to continue to again give prosperously in light of the way He's prospered us. But all of that perhaps challenges us. It's our hope and our desire that those funds will have been utilized in a way that's glorified the cause of God. The next one on the list is this. You and I know that among the items that constitute a period in worship, the New Testament has authorized what we call preaching the declaration of the Word of God. Timothy and Titus, principal examples of those of the New Testament whom Paul admonished to carry out this effort and work. We collectively have appreciated 158 sermons and devotionals. You may want to pause and think about that, 158 So that means, on that number of occasions, a specific lesson or set of lessons from the Word of God was set before you and I. And aren't we of a position to appreciate how beneficial the Word of God always is? For isn't it true that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God? When sermons are brought before us, inasmuch as they are extracted from the Word of God, thus they are worthwhile and meaningful. And it may not be that they touch exactly the most needful thing in my life, but maybe of a number of others in the audience they do. And on some other occasion, maybe they strike a particular chord with me. I would assure each of us that as those lessons are brought before us, God's Word is such that in this single volume, He has provided all the information and all the principles needful to bless your lives and mine with success and godliness from His perspective. But look at the next one. I tried to divide out this one. The number of Bible classes, 104 times. 104. Now, you can easily see how that number came about. There were 52 Sundays in the year 2019, and hence, you and I appreciate These Wednesday night and Sunday morning occasions, and 52 times 2 is 104. But during the course of that time, what an opportunity has been vouchsafed to us to reflect upon the nature of some section of the Word of God, to be motivated by, to be moved in a way of deeper understanding, and to be encouraged to make implementation. God's Word doesn't leave any of us exempt, if you please, from the nature of its demands to perhaps even highlight those ideas more, look at the number of hours they involve. The first one on this slide, that means in that number of sermons and devotionals I presented, that would have constituted approximately 60 full hours of absolute instruction in the Word of God. 60 hours. Now, I frequently invite at least reflection upon that thought in this connection. You and I know that... In our colleges and universities, our students enroll in a semester-long array of classes. In an entire semester of classes, that student will have only 45 hours of instruction in that discipline. That means you and I, in our set of year-long Bible classes, have been exposed to and enjoyed thrillingly what amounts to more than a semester of activity in a college or university relative to study of the Bible. Now that by itself surely is an encouraging thought. But let's add to that the next one. If you add to that those Bible study times on both Wednesday and Sunday morning, that adds another 61 hours. If you add the two together, we are now, as you can well tell, at 121 hours. That's almost the full amount of hours constitutive of a degree from Tennessee Tech University. What do you think about that? Isn't that impressive? Now, to say the very least, one of the things that you can see in that brings us to the application of what's next. We have understood 12 occasions of individuals who have asked for our prayers in light of restoration. They wish to make confession of error and beseech God's forgiveness of them. That has been an illuminating thing. It has been a very encouraging thing every time it has happened. Perhaps it is in light of that, I should say, I hope none of us ever feel as if we are outside the bounds of a family. A family supports, encourages one another, and I hope we all have that feeling of comfort. Any person here that needs the prayers of the members of this family, hopefully you feel confident and assured that you can feel at ease asking for such things. We are told to confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. James 5.16 Beyond that one, consider the next one. This congregation has sponsored not only what amounts to the things in the confines of these walls, but even some of the things that go beyond its bounds to assist the community in these particular ways. We sponsor a radio program that airs every Tuesday. It's called The Lord's Word, very appropriately. It airs on AM 920 WLIV radio out of Livingston, Tennessee, and it comes on at about 10 minutes after 10. Now may I say that our day is only one day out of that full set of Monday through Saturday. The Lord's Word airs six days a week, but we sponsor only the Tuesday programs. If you can tune into that, I hope that you'll have opportunity to do it. Encourage others to do the same. It's merely our attempt to broadcast to the Upper Cumberland area our conviction in the Word of God. You can see that the total number of times would have added to a bit less than 14 hours of Bible instruction during the course of those broadcasts. What about the Sunday broadcast? A challenge to think airs every Sunday, but we sponsor half of them. Every other Sunday is our particular program. Now that one airs at a time, maybe we're not able to hear it so much. It comes on at about five minutes after nine, so you may be on the way to the church building. But again, we're thankful for the opportunity that's ours to broadcast it. If you can encourage others to listen, maybe they don't attend services, encourage them to tune in. Those that are sick or infirmed or unable to attend services, they might find it a real blessing as well. One more time, you'll notice roughly 10 hours of instruction during the course of this year committed to that one. As you and I close that slide, we've sponsored an article in the Herald Citizen newspaper That article again, we've sponsored seven of them over the course of this year and who knows how many individuals were able to read to be touched by the truth that therein was presented. One more time, we can be thankful to God for all these avenues and that even isn't all. You well know that we have some particular works of the missionary character not just in a broad and rather ambiguous way but works, and you and I are thankful for the efforts and successes at GBN. Every month, we make a support to GBN. And you and I know that the particulars of that program go out by way of television as well as the Internet worldwide. We have a part in it. Beyond that, what about our support of Robert Oliver? If you've ever been to North Carolina, maybe you're aware of the fact the church is very weak in that state. Surprisingly in some ways, but it is. Cities as large as Raleigh don't even have four congregations of the Lord's Church. And here in Putnam County, we have dozens of them. Now, Robert Oliver written in Raleigh. He's somewhat oh, in a different part of the state, but nonetheless, the church very weak there, and we send support to him to maintain the existence of that congregation in that place. Beyond him, what about the Mountain View Church of Christ that exists up in eastern Tennessee? You may recall back in October when Brother William French visited with us from that congregation, encouraging us to continue that support because without our support, that congregation could not continue. It's the only congregation in all of that county. We're thankful God allows us to maintain that kind of support. I've added a few more to the list. Ron Gilbert is so very faithful to keep us updated, not only with personal visits, but also with those documents he sends us. His trips to Africa, his other work on, with the Bible college, and yet we have the opportunity to encourage his work. Let's rapidly finish that list by noting two more. We actually have a very respectable work in a European country. Maybe you're not aware too much about our work in the country of Hungary, H-U-N-G-A-R-Y. It, again, at one time was one of the Eastern Bloc countries. But now, of course, they understand far more freedom. Curry Montague labors there, and we support Curry and his efforts to proclaim the gospel even in that location. Finally, Jack Cunnicutt and his work in India... We know quite a bit about the success there, but also somewhat about the challenges they face. May I say, as we move forward on that list, we could add Restoration Radio Network to it, an international evangelistic radio program. James Jones is the gentleman primarily behind it. We also support that work as well. That's just a brief listing of some of the works so far that I thought appropriate to bring to your attention In mine. But let's race forward on that list. We held a gospel meeting here back in May. Steve Higginbotham was our speaker. He was very well attended and so many powerful comments about the lessons he brought and the practical way he brought the Word of God to us. Maybe you've thought much about that gospel meeting since it happened and the way in which He, in such a delightful way, brought the truth in power to us. One last thing on that slide. You'll notice we chose to continue this year our question and answer sessions during some of the Sunday night sermons. We're going to continue that in the coming year. So if there are questions that come to you, feel free to simply write them down, put them in that box there in the foyer and we'll be happy to devote several lessons on occasion to consideration of those things. Finally, Brother Andrew is going to continue speaking on one of the Sunday nights a month as we come into the year 2020. And this next slide will rather briefly list some more things. During the year 2019, for a number of the months, also the ladies' Bible class met and encouraged the ladies in their study of that powerful matter of authority. So many things, of course, were learned in that, and sermons on occasion, of course, touch those same pr- primary subjects as well. A number of times of togetherness, fellowship, if you please, we enjoyed. The ending of a year brings many things that can at least be brought back to memory. Maybe you've thought of additional things. I would just simply say my list isn't exhaustive, but it does seek to bring before us many of these things about the year 2019. But you knew this was about to happen. 2019 will give way to another year. Time moves forward. We are not able to cause it to cease or stop. What about the coming year? If God blesses us so, next Sunday will be the first Sunday in 2020. What would be some things you and I would wish to hold in mind to lift high as a banner, a goal, if you please, for the accomplishment in 2020? Again, this list is by no means exhaustive, but it does seem to me fair to say certain things should be near the top of all of our lists. Let's start like this. First of all, there you'll notice about the middle of that slide, are several statements several statements that might be described in ways that look like this. First of all, it must be our concerted understanding that God will give the increase. If any increase is to be appreciated in any particular field or endeavor, as Paul presented in 1 Corinthians 3, that will be due to the great God of heaven. But with that in mind, let us look at some bases upon which any such success will be known and had. And I've listed them at the bottom. We must be convicted individually and as a group that we must have the authority of Jesus Christ for any and everything that we do. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks unto God and the Father by Him. Your opinion or mine is rather irrelevant we must stand four square upon a thus saith the Lord, and it will be our intent in 2020 to make sure we do that. But may I say that that leads me to the next thought. What will be our goal? One of the things that's fair to say is if we don't plan, if we don't have a goal, then we're likely not going to reach anything. What's your goal for the coming year? What's mine? Do you have a particular entity, a particular destination that you have in practice? May I offer 2 Peter 3.18 as one great possibility. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ centers on the gospel. The application of it, the knowledge of it, the understanding of it. If you and I, of course, seek that as our goal. It will have then a manifestation that not only will touch us individually, but it, of course, will have a great impact on our congregation as a whole. That growth might well be seen this way. Obviously, the means by which that will happen must surround the Word of God. And so, we will continue to have it as the centerpiece of our worship, making sure that that which we do is in harmony with it. But each day, we look to, of course, live based upon it. May I ask that as a question for each of us? Not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but may we utilize the Word of God every day in such a way that we ask, is my life in harmony with it? Is what I'm saying consistent with this? Is the places I'm visiting and going, are they in harmony with it? Is the kind of choices I'm making happily in harmony with the Word of God? That is, of course, the goal which Jesus put before us. Didn't Paul say it this way in 2 Corinthians 10? Every thought brought into captivity to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Of course, one more thought would be, the consequence of that will be evident. The Bible uses the word transformation. In Romans 12, beginning in verse 1, I beseech you, brethren by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Bible thus speaks of transformation, and each Christian knows a lot about that. But of course, that's a continuing thing in that each day. We must not be conformed to that which the world is, but always ensuring that we are transformed in our way of thinking and our perspective to what the Word of God presents. Are you and I prepared for that in the coming year? With each passing day, it would seem that we live in a world that is opposing Christianity more vehemently, more strongly more directly, and on occasion the particulars of that opposition have been made in, say, the educational system, there has been made in the entertainment and media systems, and sometimes even in the courts of our land, the judicial system, we must be prepared to stand. The coming year, who knows what particulars it might bring, but surely we must understand that they could be strong and even more fiercely opposed to what you and I so strongly believe in. We must stand. Ephesians 6 verse 10. One last thing on that slide. The categories given to us in the New Testament, maybe these are easy enough to say. Evangelism, edification, and benevolence, every work of the church, it would seem, falls into one or the other of those categories. You and I will look in the year 2020 to ensuring then that we carry out those efforts and those activities in the way that God would find pleasing. It would seem to me we would be a bit remiss, not to mention one final set of ideas. All centered around 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. You might want to turn to that and read it as I ask you to observe it with me because we're going to make a few comments. In writing to Timothy, Paul had these words to say, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the church of God, which is the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. There is a particular of behavior. God doesn't accept just any and everything. There's a way to behave, and that means there are ways not to behave. In the church, you and I, in our lives, should be represented in certain ways. May we be convict- convicted that this year we will illustrate and demonstrate what that behavior is supposed to be. But he goes on to say this, The pillar and ground of the truth. As I mentioned a moment ago, our world, it seemingly is encroaching more and more strongly upon Christianity and quite likely that is often phrased in the sense of truth either does not exist in the mind of many or even if it does, it's not very important. And yet Paul writing to Timothy says, oh no, nothing is more valuable, nothing more precious than truth. The church must be the pillar and ground of it. Now the thought of a pillar is of course that which is a strong support, an edifice, that upon which a powerful entity resides and rests. We at the Pippin Church must be dedicated to being the pillar of the truth. That means our lives must exemplify it. And even to those who, in fact, may look upon it from outside our particular family, when they have an interest in truth, they should see a difference in our lives versus the way the world lives. We are Christians. We're not just people that attend services on Sundays and Wednesdays. We're called Christians, Acts eleven twenty six, 26. And as such, our worldview is different, our way of thinking is different. The choices we make in terms of language and other particulars in life are different. And therefore, as we exemplify the pillar and ground of the truth, that will provide a basis for the word peculiar found in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. We have been a possession purchased into God, and we're called peculiar. That means we're His own possession. You and I don't belong to ourself anymore. We were bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. And so as we close that slide, may I say, we then have every reason, despite what the world may present as opposition and how it may look dark and gloomy on the horizon. Paul could say, leaving behind those things that are behind and looking forward to those things that are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. And thus we can look with a positive attitude, a positive emphasis, a positive thrust, because isn't it true, God's tomorrow will always be better than mankind's today. Revelation 3, verses 20 and 21. Now with those ideas in place... I hope that that has given us some marching orders based on the Word of God for the coming year. Wednesday, if God blesses us with that much time, Wednesday is going to be January the 1st, 2020. And of course, as we come toward that reality, many will use that as a time to make resolutions, a time to turn over a new leaf, if you please, a time to make some changes in life. I'd like to offer these general thoughts to help each of us think about some things that can solidify in our thinking and make the year 2020 better, more powerful, more useful for the things of God in our life. But of course, to do that, you and I need to be faithful Christians. To obey the gospel is such a monumental thing. To see an individual who was a child of the devil and to become a child of God by belief, by repentance, by confession, by baptism. Today, if there's anyone in this assembly for which that would be the appropriate and needful thing, we'd be delighted to offer our help and our assistance. And in a matter of moments, you could rise from a watery grave, a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If, however, you have known the Christian life, And you've lived it perhaps for quite some time, but as of this moment at least, things are looking not the way that Christ would want them to. Your life has been an example of unfaithfulness in many ways. Your life perhaps has brought reproach upon the name of Christ and what the church is to stand for. Your life has not been a prime demonstration of pillar and ground of the truth. Then you realize while there's still breath in your lungs and the capability in your thinking, you can make a change in that. And we as a group of people here at Pippin would love to pray for you. In fact, we would love to help set you on course for a successful and lovely 2020. As long as you'll repent of those sins and confess them, God has promised to forgive them. If today we could be of help in either of these ways, it'd be our joy, it'd be our honor to do so and to do it at once. While together we stand and while we sing.